What's up, everything? The dust is settling on an eventful offseason for the St. Louis Blues, and while there's still plenty of time to do work, it seems like the work is done for now. Where does that leave the squad that won the Stanley Cup 16 months ago? We'll discuss. Then we'll look at the winners and losers of free agency and talk about why every single one of you is a putz. It's a lot to cover, so let's get started, and let's go Blues! Two guys, one cup podcast. It is Saturday, October seventeenth. My half birthday, Ian. Believe it or not, uh, I, I, and... I do though. <laughs> I didn't guess that one though. I guessed the actual day. No, yes, one of the one of the origin stories of this podcast is that I don't know if it was the first time we met or just early in our having become acquainted. Uh, Ian just randomly guessed my birthday with one guess. No, I, I was just. Picked one in 365 chance, and he got it right. So you will never get to know my birthday, dear listeners, unless you can add six to October. But, <laughs> uh, you know, we're here. Uh, I am still in St. Augustine, Florida. I shall never leave. I shall be here forever. Um, but, uh, you know, we wanted to get back together and talk about some things that maybe we didn't cover last time in our little bonus episode. Maybe talk about some things that we did cover in our bonus episode. First of all, Ian, how are you doing this evening? I am freezing. It yeah, is cold here. It's probably probably not cold in Florida, but it might be Florida cold. But I'll tell you, it is Florida cold. cold, and that really bums me out because people were legit telling me they were cold today. It was like 66. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like this 66. I don't people may think I'm crazy. High 60s perfect for me. Yeah. 70s too hot. <laughs> but <high laughs> I just start throwing uh, sevens in front. No go. <laughs> no, I mean I really do like I, that 66 to 69 nice degrees is pretty much perfect <laughs> for me. <laughs> uh and so it was great it was wonderful i spent all day inside in an office because i had to work one part of the day but you know still nice still lovely um or do they got they got windows there they got a lot of windows down there? yeah they got windows baby <laughs> yeah they all got right you got it florida <laughs> florida's got windows baby i'll tell you what they also have uh an aquarium in the office uh, in the conference room where I was working because I mean I could work wherever I want because the office was empty and it was just me um, there is a uh, there are two starfish in this aquarium there is also uh, Dory a blue tang I believe is the fish that Dory from uh, Finding Nemo is this fish is not well Ian it oh, is no. a, a sickly gray color oh, instead no. of the royal blue that it's supposed to be so one of my coworkers put uh, a piece of seaweed in there that like it just clips onto the side of the tank and it, you know, kind of dangles down uh, because uh, these blue tangs are herbivores and he thought maybe they weren't getting enough food, you know, um, 
to from the whatever they put in there they weren't getting enough actual herbivore food and so they weren't he wasn't getting enough nutrition and i hope he got some i don't know if he did but this starfish latched onto that seaweed and was just there all day that was a greedy starfish so learn it learn it from me starfish greedy and not to be trusted um star you star me misty the whole gang just throw them out (laughs) all together that's what i would say but yeah you know uh other than that being in florida is pretty good went to the beach this morning that was that was nice and uh here we are um so much to talk about so many things going on around the league rumors about what next season might look like uh some free agent signings that we haven't covered in much detail um where do we start i guess let's start with a little bit of recap of what the blues did and haven't done it appears that the uh bulk of the offseason work is done obviously that could be subject to change and uh you know doug armstrong last year shocked us with a a pretty massive trade right in the build-up to the regular season so you know that who knows anything could happen at any time but um you know he's kind of hinted that he's probably done at least with free agent signings and uh only Vince done you know of, of significant restricted free agents remains unsigned we talked at length about the Alex Petrangelo departure last time I think we've probably both cooled down about it somewhat but how are you feeling uh about that situation and then I guess we can talk about the team as a whole kind of separately. But how are you feeling about Petrangelo being number seven on the Vegas Golden Knights? Oh, boy. Uh, that's cool. I, that fact alone I think is pretty neat because they <laughs> obviously have retired zero numbers down there. So they can, they can have the fun ones still. Uh, so that's neat. Did he wear seven before? Probably, right? I don't know. Is there 27 on their team? I can't imagine he couldn't get it. I got to believe unless it's like Mark Stone wearing it or somebody like that, that they could most certainly take it from them. (laughs) Give it just just maybe he was already unpopular enough. Oh, it is Shea Theodore, who I guess is kind of important, but I feel like. Oh, and that's like the guy that's the guy who's going down the mentor, you know. Yeah, that's true. So he says. So he says. He's mentoring a 24-year-old man. <laughs> no, right. uh, I'm your mentor. Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel all right. I feel okay. I don't, I'd still wish he was here, but I think it's, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to the new. I'm looking forward to the different. Even if that different is, we'll get to talking about not good. But <laughs> I'm looking forward to what it could mean for the team. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've, I guess I've softened on it, and we sort of talked about it on the on the bonus episode too. Like, I think I I understand where Armstrong was sort of coming from and all this, where it's like, yeah, I mean, he tried to accommodate Petrangelo and all of his his and his uh, agency's requests, and it just at the end of the day, they could they couldn't give him a complete no move clause because they didn't want him to be able to control the fate of this team for the next you know seven eight years and i i can't i can't be angry at armstrong for for feeling that way and i do think while it kind of flips the script on us like what we were talking about i think a long time ago where we were saying hey we signed petrangelo for this long amount of time um these first 
four, five, hopeful years of having them. They're still going to be competitive. He's still going to be very good. And the last three, you know, or so years, he's probably going to be, you know, your Duncan Keith and stuff on the, on the decline, a fine defenseman, but definitely not your number one. And you're probably going to be retooling at that point anyways. And now I think we kind of flip flop that and say, well, we might not be as good next year and the year to come, you know, years to come, you know, barring whatever trades or signings get made. And then we might actually be on the rise um, in a couple of years after that, as we start to get some of these guys like Cairo and Thomas coming into their prime and, you know, just, just have a whole new crop of guys coming in. So in that way, it leaves a lot more flexibility for the blues. So I like to, I like to focus on that. Yeah, no, I think that's a generally positive outlook. I'm, you know, I, I don't really hold kind of ill will towards Petrangelo. I don't hold a lot of warm feelings towards him right <laughs> now either. I just kind of, all right, you left, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and, you know, I was probably more outright bitter at the time than I am now. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I do think it could work out for both organizations. I still think, I don't know that I ever won't think that uh, this parting ways didn't, I always thought it didn't make sense. And I don't know that I ever won't think that, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it is what it is. Now we got to look at the future. And um, for us, that's a future, like you said, that has a lot more flexibility um, a lot more payroll flexibility, certainly, um, even though we've got some guys locked up long term, um, really just three guys locked up very long term. Uh, they're, you know, very manageable salaries. Um, Falk, Shen and Krug, are they all at 6.5? Are they all at that exact same number? Or is Falk? Yeah, yeah I think so. I a think lower so. than that. Um, but in any case, you know, that's an incredibly manageable number, even in a flat cap era. And as we've talked about before, that's not going to, you know, over the duration of a contract that long, that's not going to stay that way for, for very long. So um, that's fine. And you've got a lot of youth flexibility now. Uh, you've got an opportunity for Colton Pareko to shine if he's going to ever. Um, and I, you know, I say for the blues, it's, it's a lot more interesting. It is that, you know, as, as selfishly as podcast hosts, there's a lot more to talk about now. I feel like Mm -hmm. a lot more questions, a lot more potential for anger and ranting, which is where we really shine. Ian, I feel like this (laughs) podcast has just been off the rails for a year and a half because we haven't been much, we haven't had that much to be upset about. But yeah, I'm looking for I'm looking for some six one losses, Nashville, <laughs> you know, like a couple that being the fourth of five lot, you know, five yeah. upcoming losses. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah that, that's that. the stuff I'm looking for. Right into my veins. Uh for Alex Petrangelo, you know, I think uh I think he took a harder road. And um I don't know that I commend him for that. I guess I do. I guess I, you know, it would have been very easy and very safe to stay in St. Louis uh, and just sign and, and remain there. And and he chose to, as we talked about a little bit, that one quote of his, whether it's kind of, you know, covering his ass or not, he chose to take on a new challenge and, and go to a new city and try and, uh, you know, lift a new team to the cup. And if, you know, if he's the difference that takes 
uh, Vegas to the cup. Maybe that gets him in a, in a legitimate hall of fame discussion, winning up with two different teams and, and being a centerpiece there. I do wonder if he's put himself in an un- unenviable uh, locker room position. It seems like he caused quite a bit of, of, you know, turmoil there in terms of the, that kind of period where he was, you know, pretty much rumored to be signed, but not actually signed. And, um, you know, they were clearing salary for him, Paul Stastny and, and Nate Schmidt, who both ultimately got the ax, uh, were really popular players, I think in, in Vegas. And so, um, I don't know that he's really exactly go walking into a super warm, friendly environment right now. Uh, and, you know, I think maybe that's the consequence of, of his agency playing uh, the whole situation really badly. But here we are. There's no point in dwelling on that anymore. And I think uh, let's talk about the blues that we have that are here and are still blues. Um, you know, as we as we alluded to, Doug Armstrong has kind of suggested he's done for the summer, whether that's, you know, truly um, the case in, in terms of especially, you know, trades that could still happen uh, or, you know, whether he's got some more moving to do, we'll see. But uh, all signs point to his being finished for the time being. And the Blues have a team uh, that is a bit strange, I would say. Um, if you look at this lineup, is this pulled from a, a JR article? Yeah, it's from the recent athletic article that Jim okay. Rutherford wrote that was looking at like the Blues overall like depth chart. Yeah, I figured that font, that athletic font, whatever it is, very <laughs> Atletico. Very, <laughs> I hope so. Very distinct. <laughs> and then Atletico Bold and Atletico Madrid are the uh, other typefaces. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, forward group, you still have uh, Braden Shin and Jaden Schwartz kind of on your top pairing. This has Robert Thomas on the right wing of that line. Uh, Zach Samford, Ryan O'Reilly, and David Perron then are your second line. Sammy Boy, Tyler, Sun- Tyler Bozak, and Oscar Sundquist are your third. And Kyle Clifford, Ivan Barbashev, and potentially Jordan Cairo are your fourth. And you can argue about who goes where and all that. We're not, you know, I'm sure we will some, but that's not really the, the point of this. You know, he talks about pe- people fighting for spots or McKenzie McEachern, Jacob Delarose, and Clem Costin. People in the system are Sam Annis, Curtis McKenzie, Nathan Walker, Nolan Stevens, Huma Ging, Nikita Alexandrov, Torovchenko, Dakota Joshua, Tanner Kaspik, uh, Matthias Laferriere, and Evan Pole. Uh, and then uh, likely to be placed on long-term injured reserve is Vladimir Tarasenko, Alexander Steen, and then Austin Pagansky is an RFA. On defense, you have Tori Krug and Colton Pareko, your probable first pairing. Marco Scandella, Justin Falk, your probable second pairing. And Vince Dunn, Robert Bortuzzo, potentially your third pairing if uh, Dunn is re-signed and remains here. Uh, Nico Mikola and Scott Perunovic are both vying for spots in the system are Steven Santini and Tyler Tucker. Uh, RFAs include Dunn, Jake Wallman, and Mitch Runke. And UFAs who have departed uh, or, or other just departures are Alex Petrangelo, Jay Bomeister, Derek Pouliot, and Jake Dochin. Dochin or Dochin? I never did know how to pronounce I think that. I've heard Dochin. 
Jake okay. the bod Dachin. <laughs> the dad bod. Yeah, hey, it's like he, some sort of bod. Bag of milk. He has a body. That is, yeah, he is corporeal. <laughs> so good for him. Hey, that's a big deal in these uh, spooky times. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Don't want to take anything for Are granted. You, uh, perhaps corporeal? <laughs> Uh, goaltenders Jordan Bennington and Billy Huso look set to be the one and two in St. Louis proper. Uh, interesting. This is just a little side note. I, I maybe expected Army to go out and actually sign uh, somebody who is actually going to compete with Billy Huso. I don't think John Gillies is that guy. We could still see the Brian Elliott move where maybe someone like a um, Jimmy Howard or somebody, you know, escapes, goes unsigned and, and wants a chance and takes a PTO with the Blues and kind of has that to compete with QSO in camp. That seems really highly likely to me. But uh, John Gillies, Joel Hofer, and Evan Fitzpatrick are in the system. None of them will play at the NHL level this year unless, you know, there's a real crisis scenario. And then Jake Allen departed via trade. So, I don't know about you, Ian, but the team I read to you just there is not a Stanley Cup contender. Um, it's not, to me, a team that is elite. It's pretty good. I don't want to. I don't. I'm. I'm all over the place. I told you this by text yesterday, uh, and I'm interested to get your text take on it, rather. I feel like the Blues have a wider range of outcome than I can remember them having in a long time entering a season. I mean, I know we're not entering it yet, but assuming this is pretty close to our roster um, by the time the puck drops, I feel like this team, you know, I would say probably most likely is uh, kind of what you'd expect, sort of a, a third or fourth place uh, team, probably a comfortably in a playoff spot, but not, you know, not way, way in a playoff spot and then sort of, you know, competes in the first and or second round and, and probably doesn't reach the conference final sort of team. I mean, I think that's sort of your, your plan A strategy, if you will. Um, but, you know, I do, I do think there's, there's some potential that Robert Thomas takes a big step. Jordan Cairo is really ready. Um, Zach Sanford takes a big step and you, you're a lot better than that. But I also think there's a, a genuine potential that um, the chef tried a new soup and the ingredients, uh, to go back to our favorite metaphor on this show, <laughs> the ingredients we're not the right mixture and it, the whole batch is rotten. And I think there's a real chance, not maybe not a huge one, but just one to be kind of emotionally steal yourself for that. This is sort of like the shark season from last year. Where it's like, Whoa, what the hell happened to this team? You know? Mm -hmm. And I really think there is some possibility, maybe not a good one, but some possibility that the team's pretty bad, and I'm not calling for that. I don't think it's the most likely. Uh, but I think, you know, if Jordan Bennington, if the Bennington from the bubble is the real Bennington, if he somehow just broke again, not likely, but not impossible, that's a death knell for this team because I don't think Billy Huso is ready to 
take over full-time duties. Um, I really like Tori Krug. I really like Colton Pareko, but are those guys uh, first pairing? I don't know. They are in our system. <laughs> they will be. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, can they stand up to the rigors of the central division? Uh, you know, if it is the central division, we'll talk about that a little later, but um I don't know. There are just a lot of unknowns. I've been rambling for a while. What do you think about any of what I just discussed? Yeah, I, while you were looking or you were talking about the, the roster we have, I was kind of looking at the teams in our division and the standings from last season. And the Blues were at 94 points at the end of the end of the season or the when it stopped, when it was paused um, and won the, won the Central Division. 71 games played, 94 points. And the Avalanche were just two points behind us with 92 stars were 82 jets, 80 predators, 78 wild, 77 Blackhawks, 72. And I was just looking and thinking about last season. I was like, you know, I think we all can agree that the avalanche are by far the best team in this division currently, and are probably one of the best teams in hockey period. So they're probably going to be leading the central on um, the stars. I mean, made it all the way to the Stanley cup final this year. A very good team. I could see them going up and down and around, but they're probably two or three. And then the Blues just feel like the highest we're going to be. And again, obviously anything can change, but just looking at how the roster is constructed right now, um, it seemed like a third place team. But then I look at teams like the Jets or the Predators, and it seems like we are going to be kind of like competing with those two teams as far as like who's making it to third, who's in fourth, or you know, who's a wild card position. I would assume, I would hope. Uh, that the Wild and the Blackhawks are going to be bottom of the barrel, at least in our, our division. They might be, you know, they'll still be competitive, but probably aren't making the playoffs or anything like that. But it seems like we're going to be, we're a tier down from maybe the Avalanche and sort of the Stars. And we're in, in and around the Jets and Predators. I was looking at the Predators um, lineup, and it even kind of made me think of our current lineup, where it's like, yeah, they got good players like Arvidsson and Duchesne and, and Forsberg. And then you kind of go through the lineup, you got Johansson, and then you got, you're sort of like, yarn croaks and your scissors and you're like just some guys that you're like okay they got luke coonan now you're like these are these are players that's a team <laughs> you know you're like yeah like that's a totally fine team but is it like a Nashville has team? weirdly become minnesota hasn't it where it's like your team you're probably a fringe playoff team but there's nothing about you that i'm like oh I used to really fear Nashville, you mm-hmm. know, and now I'm like, yeah, Nashville, you know, they're there. They're <laughs> we are a team. Matt Duchesne's probably still okay or whatever. Philip Forsberg seems kind of like a shell of himself, but anyway, sorry, not yeah, to I was, interrupter. No, I was going to say, I will say that I, I look at our team and obviously because we know a lot more about the blues and their system and everything, I feel a little more hopeful for us in terms of, like you said, Robert Thomas, Jordan Kyrie, Clint Cost and guys that, we're hoping that, uh, I mean, Robert Thomas already kind of taken a step, but, you know, guys like Kyra and Costin kind of take that next step. And we have a lot of faith in Schwartz and Shen and O'Reilly and stuff. It's it's more some of the sort of the, uh, I guess, filling of the second line or making that a solid line where we've talked about um, in text this week and stuff too, that like Ryan O'Reilly, Dave Perron, great pairing, you know, a great, great uh, one-two punch on the second line, but who's their left wing? Is it Zach Sanford I mean it has been and it can be and it could be him and he could be fine but he's also had like his most goals were last year with 16 in the uh, 58 games he played that was on pace for I believe like 22 
which again, like that's actually, that's not that bad. That's what I'd be looking for out of them in all honesty. And I'd put them just a little over 40 points. So like obviously best career year for him, it would have been, I mean, it actually still was at 30 points, but uh, you just, you just don't know. He feels very inconsistent. And again, as cool as a four goal game is, it's also one game that you got away with four goals. And so you're, you're, I don't want to take those away, but you're also kind of sitting at 12 goals or 13 goals, really. Like if you're saying like in terms of consistency. Um, and so you, you just don't know with him. You kind of hope that he grows and fits that second line, second, you know, or left wing role. But he's also 25. So it's sort of like, is it there is growing happening? I'm not, there can always be those late bloomers, but hey, it's sort of like, man, I've been told on the rig that Colton Pareko is still developing it. Oh, yeah. Colton Pareko is only <laughs> half of what he's going to be. <laughs> so, okay. you know, like Sammy Blay, another player, um, pretty, pretty injury ridden, uh, injury riddled. 40 games played last year, 13 points, he runs six his goals. Brain into everything. Yeah, like that's the thing. We all applaud that. And that's great, but it seems like he's got bones made of mush. So it's like I can't have I can't have you being Carlo Koliakovo out there as a forward. Um it's and that's it bugs me on the Sammy Blaze stuff because it's nothing against him, but it's just like every single year we go into mm-hmm. training camp and it's like Sammy Blay looks amazing, you guys. We get tweets of like, I think this dude's bringing it this year. This is a 20 goal guy book it and then he then he plays some good hockey and then he's injured and he comes back and he looks like a third you know a kind of okay third liner i can even just an okay fourth liner and you're like okay so what are you it's we talked about a long time ago to kind of finish my ramblings up we talked a long time ago about how we had a wheel of bodies prior to the cup win um two or three years prior and it was like man who are these guys it's magnus payarvi it's um it's Vladimir Saboka. Some of these guys were just like, are you like, what are you? Who are you? And we needed some solidity or some, why are needed, you even? Yeah, why are you? How are you? <laughs> Where are you now? Um, but you needed like a solid bottom six. And we kind of got some of that with with Blay and Sanford and those guys pitching in, especially during uh the playoffs and the in the Stanley Cup run. But it feels like now that we've lost some players, some of which we haven't even really lost, it's just that Steen's injured and Tarasenko's injured, so they're not in the lineup. You need these guys to sort of step up and they're kind of playing above, you know, above their pay grade, above their heads a little bit here. And I think what annoys me or makes me worried about this team is I get a lot of people sort of figuratively patting us on the back and going, hey, guys, they're going to do it they'll be fine. They'll be fine in those roles. And I'm like, will they be? That's pretty much, that's, pretty, that's, that's the, that's the consensus. That's the, the concise way I can put it where people are like, this team will be fine. And then I just look at it and I go, is Zach Sanford a second line left wing? Is yeah. Sammy Blay like a consistent, like Both. third, third line guy? That's, that's part of the, that's part of the problem for me too, is I feel like, I have a lot of problems. <laughs> a lot of problems. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe. I again, That's, like, could I, be. I don't think Zach Sanford's a bum. I don't think Sammy Blay is a bum. I don't think Oscar Sundquist is a bum. I think we saw what all of these guys could be in, you know, that cup run. You know, for especially Sanford and Blay, kind of the the second half of that cup run. 
Um, I think we saw the best of all of those guys. And, and look, it won us the Stanley Cup. Zach Sanford was a big part of that series. Uh, Sammy mm-hmm. Boy was a big part of, of getting us over the hump and winning the Dallas series. So it's nothing against those guys. I just think um, it is a scary proposition to go in and need those guys, you know? Mm-hmm. It felt like last year after the cup win, even after Maroon left, we went in and it felt like, you know, because you and I were talking about like, man, man, maybe one of Sammy or, or Samford, you know, comes out and is a 20 goal scorer. And, and before his injury, it looked like Sammy Boy was kind of on his way to maybe doing that. Um, but it didn't feel like you needed those dudes, you know? Yeah, they're just kind of icing on the cake. Yeah. And now without um, Petrangelo, obviously not a forward, but he is a 50 point guy and a big presence but more importantly without Steen and and obviously Tarasenko now you need those guys and it's like man I don't know and I know Tarasenko won't necessarily be out all season but again it's like who is he when he comes back is he gonna stay healthy and if he stays healthy is he the same player you just don't know and it feels to me like this is a team that is overall considerably more if not considerably worse at least considerably more unknown than it was before you know I Mm. tweeted this out and I think a lot of people misinterpreted this as uh me criticizing army and I didn't really mean it like that because he didn't control some of this and some of it was the right move I think but uh if you look since the cup win I said Petrangelo, Bomeister, Maroon, Allen, Edmondson, Fabry, Steen, and Tarasenko are essentially out. I mean, Tarasenko might be back. Steen, you know, there's there's a fair amount of rumor that he's just going to be LTIR all season and then retire. Um, I don't know if that's true. I'm not claiming to know anything for real, um, but it certainly seems not impossible. You are know? you corporeal? Yeah, <laughs> I am corporeal, but I can't. You know what? That's, that Alexander Steen is. That's what someone who isn't corporeal would say, though. That's so. true. You're right. You never know. That's right. You you never know. Ian. You, you gotta really try, know. folks. If you think someone's a ghost, you gotta try to pass through them. It's the only way. <laughs> I like this because we're kind of you know we're kind kind of slowly turning the faucet for the Halloween yeah. episode. Have you, you know? have you thought about that? That's like if someone bumps into you and you're like, why did that guy bump into me? And they're like, oh, sorry. Do you think maybe it's because they wanted to see if you were a ghost? <laughs> I've never thought of that, but now you've blown my mind, and I'm gonna assume that that's why they're doing it. You gotta stop um, and be like, whoa, 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 what did what about me did you think <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. was non-corporeal? Why? <laughs> well, look, what you were wearing looks very Victorian, I just assumed. <laughs> Listen, I like Victoria, you know. <laughs> Sue me. Uh, <laughs> oh my lord. Okay, so uh, I'll read that again, Patricia Bowmeister Maroon. Alan Evans and Fabry, and then Steen and Tarasenko to a lesser extent out, and Falk, Delarose, Krug, Scandella, Clifford, and Huso are in. Now, I know which side of that I would want if it was just a trade proposal, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think 
this team's lost a lot and I don't know that it has recouped all of what it's lost. I, I really like Tory Krug. This is not a criticism of him. I think he's a big player. who's going to do a lot for this team. Um, he's certainly not Alex Petrangelo and he himself has said he's not going to pretend to be Alex Petrangelo. He's not Jay Bowmeister. He brings some things that Jay Bowmeister certainly didn't. And he maybe is a better overall player than Jay Bowmeister, but he's not the shutdown defenseman Bowmeister was, uh, especially in that cup run. You know, that Clifford Maroon thing is, it's kind of a, a push to me, you know? Um, mm. But like Maroon has that hometown element and stuff and and maybe is a little more beloved. Uh, Alan DeHuso, you know, you I know why they made those that swap and um, I'm kind of glad to be rid of Allen only to be rid of all the drama that surrounds every time Jake Allen starts. Um, but Allen's obviously the better goalie right now. I mean, or at least the more reliable goalie, the one, you know, what you're getting from, even if what you're getting from him is a, a little bit inconsistent, it's still NHL goaltending. Um, you know, Edmondson and Steen or Edmondson and Fabry and Steen are kind of a, you know, a lesser, category of people in terms of their importance but still when you're looking at Falk, Della Rose and and nobody kind of being the answer to those losses it's just it's a big change it's I think this team has seen a lot more turnover since the cup win than maybe pe- people realize um, obviously Petrangelo is is the biggest and farthest away of those elements but I guess it's just you know all of that is to say I think there are big questions left about the team. Um, I think, like you said, like entering with the season, entering the season with a lot of confidence seems really misguided to me. Um, not that I'm trying to make anyone be down on this team or anything. It just seems like we should enter the team with enter the season with kind of a blank slate and just say, "Listen, I don't know what this team is. Maybe they're really good." you know, but Mm -hmm. maybe they're not. And maybe we need to be prepared to be uh, okay with that. If it should come to pass uh, that that's the case. Uh, There are free agents that remain unsigned that I think could do some things for this team. Mike Hoffman uh, is kind of the most obvious one. Um, just because uh, we can really fill that obvious hole we have on the right side or on the right side, on the wing. Um, and in that top six, Mikhail Granlund, you know, could maybe do that. He did as much as he kind of gets bullied. He did have 19 goals and, um, you know, 36 points last year. So not a, not washed. I know people hate Corey Perry. Um, I don't necessarily want us to sign him, but also I would not be <laughs> against it as much as I think people want me to be Eric Holloway even. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? Oh, yeah. Kovalchuk is there. I don't think I would advise that, but it's a possibility. Another guy that interests me, if you could get him on like a one-year deal is uh, Sammy Vatanen, who, you know, could be, kind of a a weapon on your right side instead of that uh, sort of weird, like probably Robert Bortuzzo hole in your lineup. (laughs) 
Um, I think any of those kinds of guys, if you could get them on a one-year deal or even, you know, Alex Galchenyuk, Anthony Duclair, like those are guys that really interest me because what have you got to lose? You know, if you sign a guy like that and it's a one-year deal, um, I just don't see what maybe their, the harm in that is. And maybe, maybe Armstrong's working. Maybe he's got trade proposals in mind. The Vince Dunn situation is certainly unsettled insofar as like, he's certainly not signed, obviously. I don't know that he's going to stay here and play with this team. I just don't know. So um, there's more to be done, but I would love more to be done, if that makes sense. Uh, I don't know. Do you have anything more to add to that? Yeah, I mean, it's just, like you said, it doesn't mean that the team's necessarily bad or we want people to, like, fear for the worst, but it's just one of those, like, you know, I don't I don't think they're going to be as, as stable as a team as you've seen in, you know, the previous years. I know, obviously, the cup-winning year, we, we stunk beforehand, but, you know, it just seems like there's a lot more question marks um, there, and I think that you could read that as potential as well. You could read, oh, there's a lot of potential with this team too, but it just, and it, it makes it exciting. But yeah, it's one of those things where I look at this lineup and I see a top six, a top five that is going to probably, you know, stay that way. And then I see the rest of this lineup being just a jumble of whatever Berube and the staff want, because who knows what's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty fair. And um I think that's a good place to kind of end the blues part of this for today because we don't know and we don't know what army may or may not be doing. And until we know more, I guess we'll just kind of be in that sort of black space where we'll have to wait. I really want the puck to drop, you know, I'm really, Mm -hmm. really itching to see what it is that we're looking at, whether I'm my, you know, fears are kind of overblown, which they often are, and the team's just fine, or or whether this is a team that's going to disappoint. It'll be interesting either way, and I can't wait to see what happens. A lot of other teams were active in the free agent market. We touched on it briefly at the end of the uh, bonus episode, but Taylor Hall, the big fish in the forward free agent market, signs with the Buffalo Sabres after saying he wanted to finally play for a winner. Um, you missed Taylor <laughs> and, uh, he signs a one-year deal, $8 million. Was it like nothing about this makes sense? Um, seems to me like a, an obvious win for the Buffalo Sabres. What have they got to lose? You know, um, best case scenario, he's a really good fit there. He really likes it. They play a lot better. It mollifies Jake, Jack Eichel's discontent and he signs long-term and, and helps usher in a new generation of, of good Sabres hockey. Worst case scenario, they're still terrible and they can trade Taylor Hall for a lot of assets at the deadline. So it seems like a, a no, you know, no lose signing for the Sabres as far as what Taylor Hall is thinking. I don't know, but uh, what did you think about that move? Yeah, I mean, it comes out of left field for everybody, I think. Like, everyone except for Buffalo. Like, I don't think anyone saw him going to Buffalo, obviously, because he wanted to be a winner. It seemed like a lot of the talk was possibly to Columbus, maybe to the Avalanche um, on a, a 
deal that was a little less money just to be on a winning team. And I think, oh boy, part of me is real bummed that he's not on the Avalanche because I know that I'd put him in our division and that would suck. But it's like, I already think the Avalanche are so good that it really doesn't matter at that point. You know, it's just like, wow, you're really loading up. I think that would have been cool. But on Buffalo, it's just very intriguing because it's, it's, it'll be really nice to see um, Eichel with like a winger that is is as good as he is or you know he's probably I'm not saying Taylor Hall actually is as good as Jack Eichel but you know is in the same category of player where it's like wow these two could have a lot of fun playing off of each other and maybe maybe that fun factor even if they don't you know end up they make the playoffs and they bounce the first round or something maybe that fun factor is something that's really gonna to uh, appeal to to Hall and especially even to Eichel because I think as much as this is for uh, Hall and trying to keep them there and you know uh, their GM said that they want this to be a long-term thing in the future they hope to make it a long-term relationship it's also for Eichel to say here you, you know we turn down we, key one so you know yeah it's like we haven't done we haven't done much to help you Jack and so we we swung for the fences for one year for one year we got this we got you a BMW but it's on lease for one year <laughs> We might be able to afford it later. 2,500 miles. <laughs> um, um, I was looking at their lineup too. And like, it's, it's even just putting him there. It's a, what's that? It's sad. It's, it's still it's, bad. It's bad, but it's like, now that you have Taylor Hall there, that moves like, I don't know, that moves like Sam Reinhardt or even Jeff Skinner down. So you have like Hall, Eichel, Olafson, Skinner, Stahl, Reinhardt. Um, it falls off. I mean, it's already falling off there, but you got uh, Reader, Eakin, Cousins, Gergensons, Lazar, Akposo. Defense is still, I don't know, Darlene, McCabe, Yoki Haru, Ristolainen, Montour, Miller. It's it's still rough up there, but I like that they they took a chance. They took a really big money chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also have the Eric Stahl, or the Eric Stahl trade that I think still looks good for them. But I feel kind of bad because I feel like they, I don't know. I feel like this is like when you're, when your kid asks for a PlayStation Five and you buy them like um, an Xbox, like whatever the new Xbox is, the Xbox X XX, um, uh-huh. yeah. and it's like, yeah, man, the this Xbox is, Triple X, yeah, yeah. You're like, this is this is not what I asked for, but it's still awesome. It's still great, but in the long run, I'm still going to want the PlayStation, or you know what? Now I'll buy the PlayStation with my own money or something down the line or whatever. And that's kind of what it feels like. Hey man, we know you wanted help. And so what we did is we got you Taylor Hall and it's like, great, what else? And it's like, no, 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 just this big, we got Taylor Hall, baby. And it's like, yeah, awesome. How's the team gonna win? Man, we got Taylor Hall, we got him. <laughs> and you're like, okay, that's what it feels like to me. I'm like, this will be a lot of fun. They'll get a lot of points. Um, they'll do some damage. Those two together, I mean, you see, you see McDavid and Dreisaitl, and while I'm not necessarily equating those two to these two, I'm saying there's two players there that essentially carry the team. So if you have Hall and you have Eichel, I'm not saying they can't make the playoffs, but I am saying that this is still not a successful team. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that seems accurate to me. I just, it's a really weird decision uh, to me just because, like, I just, this was not a win now year for Buffalo, you know, it's, and they've made it such now, like they have. Yeah, exactly. They turned it into win now because like, well, this is the year he's here. And it's like, yeah, I get that. 
but also you're still not good. <laughs> so how are you going to solve that problem? And I don't know that they do, honestly. I think they don't, probably. But, um, you know, I guess, I don't know, good for them, in, at least in terms of, like, they went out and they got somebody, they did something, did something mm-hmm. positive, you know? Like, I, I guess good for them. Um, just, I don't know, it's just very bizarre. I think their biggest. I think their biggest win is going back to the navy blue jerseys. I think that's their biggest win. That's a big win. There's no question about that. Um, And you know what? For that, for that organization, every win counts. That's that's the truth. There's uh, that's a that's an organization that has suffered. (laughs) That should be their that should be their tagline: the Buffalo Sabers. Every win counts. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I say they go with it. Um, you uh, you have a list here of, of Windsor, Windsor's and Losers, uh, Windsor's Ontario. Uh, you want to talk about that a little bit? Because I think it's uh, compelling, winners and losers from free agency. Yeah, I, I didn't grab every team, and there might be a few uh, teams with bigger signings or trades or something that I might have missed. And we can toss them in kind of as we go, or maybe at the end if we, we have a few that we're thinking of. But yeah, some winners and losers from free agency team wise. We talked about Buffalo kind of a win-win with Taylor Hall, despite, despite our, our sort of uh, moaning about it. It's like, overall, that's a good move for them. Um, mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work out, like we said, they can, they can trade them for future assets at the deadline. It'll be the third year that it's like Taylor Hall being traded at the deadline. Like <laughs> Taylor Hall is always on the move. Um, speaking of Taylor Hall and being on the move, one of the losers, the Arizona Coyotes, they were open to uh, shedding some salary uh, with trading OEL, Oliver Ekman Larson, to either Vancouver mm-hmm. or Boston, but neither of those teams bid on it. It looked like Vancouver was really looking hard at it. And they ended up, I think, doing better, or at least in terms of acquisition, um, by getting Nate Schmidt down the road. But then, yeah, Darcy Kemper rumors have been swirling. This is a team that has been trending upward and it's looking like they might be returning to the pit from whence they came because it's just like, <laughs> it's, it's so sad. It was finally like, you know what, Arizona looking looking better on the up and up here. And now it's just, they've if they're not going backwards, they've, they've at least stalled. Yeah, that's pretty fair. And obviously uh, it was Taylor Hall. You weren't able to sign him. Not that I ever thought they were going to, but at least that was like, that was like the cherry on top of like the promise. They're like, "Hey, we got Taylor Hall in here. We're really pushing." Just get a just you know. I don't. I don't want to be that guy, but uh, just get out of Arizona, guys. It's like it's time, you know. I know. I don't even. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like I don't want them. I don't want them to leave, but it feels like they they constantly can't get their shit together down there that it's sort of like okay well if you're not gonna fix if you're not gonna get it together then then leave then fine just go Uh somewhere where there can be a a i don't know a fan base that's large enough i would say like an ownership group that cares enough that it's like hey we're gonna get this we're gonna write this ship now but i feel like down there even though they have a whole organization i feel like they're not really beholden to anyone they're just kind of like well if we suck we suck and who cares yeah yeah so sad 
Uh, one of the winners, the Colorado Avalanche, which makes plenty of sense. Uh, Sackick acquired Brendan Saad from the Blackhawks and defenseman Devin Taves from the Islanders, who apparently is a analytics darling. Oh, you got to love those analytics darlings, baby. Oh, yeah. They got the big numbers and the numbers are green. That's what you want to see. <laughs> uh, this team was already a Stanley Cup favorite and they've managed to become even more so in the last week. It's, you know, I don't know how you can't put them at very least in the Western Conference Finals. I don't know how Vegas will fare, but to me, it constantly feels like if the divisions were to stay the way that they are currently, um, that Vegas and, and Colorado will be butting heads for the next couple of years here because it just seems like those are the two top dogs right now in the West. Um, again, the Avalanche, who were, were good in 2013, then bad, and now are good again. And then Vegas, who wasn't even a team however many years ago. And it's just like these, these teams sometimes feel like they come out of nowhere. But it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. But I think Colorado definitely won. They were in on a few other possible trades or even signings that I remember sounding kind of iffy. I can't I forget. There was like a Hoffman rumor swirling around and it sounded like it was for too much money too and it's like oh they stayed away from all the things that i thought they might uh blow it and do so i was like you know good for them good for them for their their two acquisitions and and really i don't know solidifying that team it was already a solid team but it's like man that's like you just you've solidified it even more how solid can it get oh, yeah i mean they're rock they hard. I would say the prohibitive favorites for the Stanley Cup this year. It just feels like, um, you know, it seems like teams sort of always have this, at least not always, but very often have this where they sort of crest and they almost make it one year and then they, you know, make it the next or almost, you know, get really close the next year and then they're through and it feels like, you know, this year was kind of the like, oh, you know, they got bumped in double overtime in game seven by uh, Dallas and, you know, Joe, Joel Kiviranta becoming um, Joe Sackick for like 10, 10 minutes or an hour or whatever. Uh, and, um, you know, if if not for that, it could have very easily been them in the final against Tampa. And I don't know if you even see the same outcome from that series if that had happened. So there's nothing stopping them. And now, yeah, like, like you said, Taves is absolutely adored by the analytic community. Brandon Saad is, you know, poke all the fun you want at him and all the fun you want at Chicago for trading him for Panarin, you know, or trading, you know, trading him away and then trading Panarin for him, whatever the situation is like, he's a, he's a good depth piece. He's a good middle six guy on a team that already had, pretty stacked forward group and yeah i mean if they if they then went and also added even like an anthony duclair or somebody much less a uh mike hoffman i mean they're just a menace and and i think they they are uh, a lesson among other things in how big a difference a ridiculous contract like nathan mckinnon's can make you know even if he was making 10 million instead of the six or whatever he is making like that four million may not seem like a lot in the grand scheme of things but man it just gives them so much flexibility and um you know it's they're an incredible team because of it 
and good management. You know, they've been well managed. But um, you know, at Sackick for a while there was kind of like was a little bit of a laughing stock, and then he ever since that uh, ever since the Duchesne trade, just been banger after banger. He got his vengeance, and he's, oh, yeah. uh, he's not going to stop. <laughs> uh, one of the losers after the Colorado Avalanche was the Boston Bruins. Uh, they again another team that really didn't do all that much. That's been kind of weakened by their losses. They didn't go uh, after Taylor Hall. They were, or, I mean, they were in on Taylor Hall, but they didn't get him. They were in on uh, Oliver Ekman Larson. They didn't get him. And they could have re-signed Krug, but they also didn't re-sign Krug. Uh, they didn't really make any signings of merit. They they signed Craig Smith, who uh, I believe you mentioned you were unaware was even a player. That is true. I uh, I don't know who he is, and I still don't. And uh, you know, if you're going to have a name like that in Nashville, at least be married to Carrie Underwood, so I can pretend to care. Exactly about right. Him. If your name is Mike Fisher, at least at least let me know who you're married to. So I'm like, oh, that's Mike Fisher. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's just the Bruins are a team that I think is also going to be going through a bit of a retooling. They have, they still have a very, very nice core, but that core uh, is aging between um, between Marchand and between Bergeron. Uh, Pasta is still pretty young, but like, uh, who's their who's their second line center? I always forget about. Krejci, um, yeah, Krejci's getting older. It's just it's it's uh, they've still got Zdeno Chara there. It's like you only have so many swings at it with this uh with that has Chara actually resigned though i mean not that he wouldn't but... um i don't think he has i don't think he actually has yet but yeah you know I what think... we haven't talked about on this podcast at all uh to my memory is the absolute insanity of boston bruins fans towards tuka rask oh yeah Oh, the, I mean, I just any, even before this playoff. Well, before, yeah. I mean, before this incident, not a, it's not an incident. The man left the bubble because his kids had a health emergency or something to that effect. And there are people in Boston who are furious with him to this day for that. And um, Boston fans do a really good job of confirming my prejudices towards Boston fans. And... Uh, I don't know that we need to say a lot more than that, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's, I wish – I don't even really necessarily hate Boston as much as I think some some St. Louis fans probably do from the Cup and everything, but I can't say that I'm I'm too upset that they're they're not doing as well on the years after, after that Cup run. And then, yeah, I saw yeah. this quote from Krug, and I know we had talked about this maybe before with the Krug signing, but, yeah, it sounds like – Boston never really offered him much of a deal beyond like, I don't know, somewhere earlier in the season last year. And then they just really didn't say much after that. That was kind of the only deal on the table. And Krug got a quote that was pretty damning. They said, yeah, when they offered me a year ago or when they offered it to me a year ago and then it's gone, I don't know what I'm expected to do. Just being blunt and being honest with you. Most people don't share that side of it, but it is what it is. I mean, it sounds like they gave him an offer and that was it. And there wasn't really any communication on it. It sounds like um, the Petrangelo negotiations with Armstrong where it sounded like, Ooh, these aren't going very well. It sounds like somehow these went worse. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. Maybe better because they just didn't exist. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard some blues fans trying to read into that as like a negative thing. Like, Oh, Boston didn't. Oh, yeah, they know something uh, we don't know. And 
Ed, that just seems far-fetched to me. It seems a lot more likely that they really didn't want to keep this guy um, for whatever reason. And I don't think it's a, that he sucks. You know, I mean, I think we would all see that too. Um, you know, maybe David Pasternak hates Tory Kruk. I don't know. I don't think that's true, but I think they're actually really close. But, you know, whatever the case, like, I think their management just decided, nope, not going to re-sign him, and they let him walk. And that is to our gain, I guess. So Yeah, I was like, I definitely thought when I when I saw that we got him and we signed him and Boston wasn't even entertaining the idea of re-signing him, really, I definitely had sort of the same thought of, like, well, why is that? And it seems like if you read a lot of Boston Bruins fans after this, after the signing the Blues made, it seems like they're kind of blown away by it too. Like they knew that they weren't necessarily going to re-sign Tory Krug, but a lot of people have seen a lot more heartbroken about it on the Boston side than I thought. Like I would definitely would have thought, oh, we sign him. He's on. He's a blue now. They're gonna be like, yeah, he wasn't even very good anyways. You know that whole thing. <laughs> and it was. And and that's. I mean, I think that's a normal take you see from a lot of people. I mean, shit. Yeah. Petrangelo left and people were already like, I don't know if he was really that good anyways. And it's like, okay. Um, so I get that reaction, but I didn't really see a lot of that at all. So I was like, if anything, it spoke even better. I was like, shit, they really don't want to lose Tory Krug. And I don't even think Tory Krug's, you know, amazing. So I'm like, this could be, this could be pretty good for us. Um, he's a heart and soul guy and a heart. Yeah, and soul exactly. Guy. He's a, he's a fan favorite. Speaking of fan favorite, Steve Eiserman made a <laughs> winner <laughs> of the Detroit Red Wings. I tried. Uh, Eiserman didn't make any moves that'll leave your jaw on the floor, but he took care of some house cleaning that needed to happen before this rebuild could progress. I mean, he did way did he more. Make than I any thought moves he did. that would open the door, or get on the floor. Oh yeah, and he definitely, uh, definitely traded for and or signed some dinosaurs. <laughs> But that's to his credit. That's what he's supposed to do in these rebuilds. You got to bring in the olds. You know, the olds yeah. will get you to the cap floor. You <laughs> uh, signed forwards of Vladislav Nemesnikov and Bobby Ryan. There's an old for you. Um, Ooh, at great bargains. Well. He's probably only like 29, isn't he? <laughs> right. I know we've heard his name for forever, but it's probably because of the first time we ever heard his name was his first season. It's one of those. He is 33, so at least he's, he's got a baby boy. face. Yeah. Yeah. One year for one year for one million dollars for Bobby Ryan. There. I mean, again, they're not going to be a competitive team, or you know, one that's like competing necessarily for the cup or anything. They're competing to basically try and crack into the playoffs, which again, probably not going to do. But they're they <laughs> they look like they're going to be a more fun team, a slightly more stable team. This to me looks a lot. I don't think we were this bad to start, but looks a lot like those early um, or even late, I guess, like aughts teams for the blues or like mm-hmm. early 2010s team where you're like, Oh man, they signed some old player. I remember <laughs> like onto this team. You're like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, Oh, and some, like some heart and soul guys like Nemesnikov who are just like good two-way players that aren't going to blow your socks off. But like, you need those. And like, that's, mm-hmm. that's what it feels like to me. They got defenseman, John Merrill, and Troy Stetcher, I think the Troy Stetcher deal is actually really good for them. Uh, they they replaced ineffective and aging Jimmy Howard with Thomas Grice, which I think is another really good move. It's like, damn, you've got Grice and you've got, um, uh, what can I think of his name? He, oh, what's his uh, name? Um, Bernier. Bernier, thank you. I see, like, doesn't he have, like, a lion? 
He does like a he's like uh-huh. he's a lion on his mask all the time. And I just see that first, and I'm like, because his last name lion. First, first I thought you meant like a pet lion, and I was like, I honestly don't know. <laughs> look, look, I don't know I that like much it. about Jonathan Bernier. <laughs> Um, but I think that's a that's a fairly good tandem um, for a team that's you know that's not going to be bad amazing. Team, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that's. A, I mean, I I'm not it, even trying to say that as as mockingly as it came out, but like seriously, for a team that's mm-hmm. you know not expected to be a competitor necessarily, that's a pretty decent tandem. Yeah, I like that they picked up uh, Mark Stahl along with a second round pick from the Rangers. And then I didn't even know this happened. And I actually thought this was like the best part, honestly, is that they bought out the rest of Justin Avocator's gross contract. I was uh-huh. like, oh my God, thank you. You've done it. You finally <laughs> released yourself of this man. Like this oh, guy's been on this team for forever. No, oh, never. How? Oh, never. Has anyone been a player <laughs> longer somewhere without ever being relevant? just seems to me like Justin Abdelkader was that guy, you know? He was on that team. He's been on this team, on a contract with this team since 2007. Mm, no. And he got bought out of a contract. Oh my god. Of course you had to do this. I'd be begging Doug to do this if he was <laughs> on this team. He had to buy out three of his years, and each of the next three years he was going to be $4.25 million. Oh, oh. For like a dude My that's Lord. like should barely be on your fourth line at best. <laughs> Holy shit. Good job. Well done, Iserman. I hope that was like the last thing you did. And you you get out. <laughs> I play he, the, Steve Eisenman, did he play with him? Did they play together? <laughs> it's conceivable. <laughs> I think it's conceivable. Uh it does seem conceivable to be honest. Let's see. Let's see. Justin, oh. I'm probably messing up by like three or four years, but it's like probably eh. like eight, but you know, worth a <laughs> shot. Started, oh my, come on, Justin Abdelkader. Hold on, give me a second. The wheels are turning. Was not teammates with Steve Eiserman, but Damn. how much did he miss it by two seasons? Damn. Conceivable, though. We could conceive of it. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> Justin Abdelkader, however, was teammates with Pavel Datsuk, Henrik Zetterberg, Nicholas Lidstrom, Brian Rafalski, Dan Ooh. Cleary, Yuri Hoodler, Mikhail Sam- Samuelson, Valtteri Filpula when Valtteri Filpula was young, Nicholas Cronwall, Chris Draper was still there, Brett Lebda, Oh, my Lord. Chris Chelios was still there. Justin Abdelkader was teammates with Chris freaking Chelios and Kirk Maltby. Dallas Drake and Justin Abdelkader were teammates, Ian. Um, To me, this sounds like you took Justin Abdelkader. Abdelkader only played two games this year, so I don't know that he was actually crossed over with all of these guys, but... um, Wow, yikes. That's like picking a random player off the blues and then saying, like, they played with Al McInnes and Chris Pronger and Brett Hull, and you're just naming people from, like, a long time ago. They like, play oh. with him. And yeah. they, Al McInnes and Chris Pronger tried very hard to play without him. <laughs> yeah, Justin Abdelkader, man, what a, what a career. What, what a player. He is 33 years old. He had... Ian, 
venture guess for me. Justin Advocator <laughs> played 49 games last year. You know what? No, yeah, let's do this. 49 games last year. Venture guess how many points? Um, he had he had seven. He had three. Oh boy! Now, in venture guess for me, Justin Applicator <laughs> since uh, 2018-19 season has played. 120 NHL games. Uh, how many points do you believe that he has in those games? Um, 13. <laughs> no, you love all the little too much. It is 22. Uh, but yikes. Oh, this dude was this dude ever good? This dude's top season was 44 points. What was the contract he was on? Wasn't it oh. like seven, like five point seven million or something? He was on. Uh, he signed in, or he started it in seven sixteen seventeen. Four point two five. Four point two five million yeah. dollars. This dude is making more than. Da- I mean, I get David Perron's contract as a steal, but yeah. In twenty fifteen, he signed that. After a four, after that forty-four point season, when he was already twenty-seven, unbelievable. You had unbelievable. to, know, you had to know that wasn't going to be, that wasn't actually going to be him. That ain't it, Ken. That ain't it. I don't oh, get Ken. it, but that ain't it. Ken ran off. Ken's run this away. Is, this is your sure. GM, Oilers. <laughs> your GM. That's your one percent right there, Ken Holland. Uh. Anyway, the Justin, you know, the regular Justin Advocator diversion aside. Yeah. Uh, He's a loser, and so are the Chicago Blackhawks. There we go. Great transition. Nailed um, it. They lost Mata. They lost Saad. They lost Crawford. Well, some of those aren't really a loss. They yeah, it's like addition by yeah. subtraction. That's right. They had yeah. those only Mata or Brent Seabrook, and it was only <laughs> I mean, you'd, you'd like to lose both. Um, you love to be great, but you got you get double marks and Jan Mark and Walmart, <laughs> which is fantastic. And you get uh Zadorov from the Sad trade, and those are the guys that are in. And somehow you were already kind of a, just a middling team at best, and you became even worse. Woof, you're um, even middlinger, yeah. It's like, yeah, you become even worse. You're like middling. bet middler, you're so middler. I mean. <laughs> Does it feel like Lucas Walmart though is the guy who weirdly gets like six goals against us next season? That just oh, yeah, feels yeah. right, doesn't it? Yeah, they'll be he'll he'll. The weird thing about what the Blackhawks do is they'll get these guys, and Janmark and Walmart will like score. They'll score a lot. I'm uh-huh. Like, wow, where's this coming from? And but then you'll see that like they lost the game you know, seven to five. And it's like, okay. Six so you, four. <laughs> yeah. You got tons of people scoring, but just can't keep it on the back of your net. Um, they, the Chicago Blackhawks will score 492 goals that season and win 28. Games. It's like, the, I mean, is, are the Jan Mark, the Jan Marks, are the Marks, are the double Marks, are they uh, <laughs> small players? Did they perhaps oh, pick uh, small, speedy players? I would bet the smallest. Uh, they Stan Bowman loves two things, three things. He loves three things. Most of all, he loves reuniting the band. 
Stan Bowman will bring the band back together before the band even dissolved. He had a Beatles reunion tour planned in 1966. That's how much Stan Bowman loves bringing the band back together. <laughs> he also loves uh, bad contracts. You know, because, I mean, that's not new for general managers, but Stan Bowman's a big fan of it. And that dude loves diminutive forwards who can score. As you've said before, Ian, they drafted Patrick Kane first overall, and they were like, yep, this is every forward we ever draft from now on. Yeah, this, <laughs> this dude's amazing. We should always do this. Like, draft first overall. and be like, no, 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 no. We just want small <laughs> short guys. I looked up uh, um, the rapier, the better. <laughs> oh God. That's what we're looking for in this organization, this organization. Um, organization. I looked up Lucas Walmart, who indeed played for the Carolina Hurricanes for the last three years. And oh, the Florida yeah, Panthers. He left a good team, huh? Yeah. And what did, uh, what did it say here? What did it say? Oh, he got traded for Vincent Trocek. So he ended up on the Panthers this year. Ah. Um, ah. In his 17-18 season on December 30th, 2017, Walmart scored his first NHL goal with the Hurricanes in a game against the St. Louis Blues. Oh, yeah, there we go. Give it to me. Right into my veins. How tall is he? He is six foot. Oh, so not, not tall. quite. Better not be quite. pretend six foot. Jan Mark is, uh, Mark is six foot one. Ooh. They're, they're straying. To be A fair, they didn't draft these guys. <laughs> So it's like, you know, what can you do? What can you do? That's true. You can't trade for small guys. (laughs) I have to give it to, was it Chris Johnston of Sportsnet on the Steve Dangle podcast because he had this line but um, about the Blackhawks. But how do you conduct three trades, either moving Brendan Sod out or into your organization and lose all three trades? (laughs) Every time. What did they like, even get back for Saad? It was nothing, wasn't it? Yeah, so Saad to Saad to Columbus in 2015. They traded Saad, defenseman Michael Pagliota, and forward Alex Broadhurst to the Blue Jackets for our team Anisimov, who, to be fair, did play fairly well for them. But like uh-huh. Jeremy Morin, Morin, I don't know who that is, Corey Tropp. Marco Dano, is that the same? That's not, I think I've seen him traded like nine times. Nine oh, yeah. times. He's one of those guys. Nine times. <laughs> and more picks. You've got the abomination that is them then trading Artemi Panarin to the uh, Blue Jackets to get Brendan Sod back at the behest of Taves and Kane. So, good, good genuine job. Genuine question. Genuine question. Is that the worst trade in NHL history? That is that one is like the top. Like, especially like recently, I think that's the worst recent trade. Like, that's just that's terrible. I mean, the only the only thing that redeems it for Bowman, and it's not even really a redemption, it just happened to fall this way, is that Panarin didn't stay there forever, you know. Mm -hmm. If Panarin had re-signed with the Blue Jackets, oh my lord. Like to me, it's and they've said it multiple times, and lots of different lots of different commentary has been made about this. But it's like you only had two years after that summer that you were trading Panarin um, left on his contract, and yeah, maybe he ends up going somewhere else, or because you just can't afford him with all the money you've tied up 
your stars already, but it's like, Hey man, he's amazing. You're going to take those two years and you're just going to try and win the cup. Both of those years you're staffed. <laughs> and instead he was like, nah, they said they're sad that Brendan San's gone. <laughs> that blows yeah, my mind. I so dumb. It's Can you imagine like trading? I don't even know who would be off this team. I don't know. Shit. I have no idea. I have no comparable. Jordan Cairo, I guess. Yeah. For like, just because uh, some, one of our guys is sad that like Magnus PRV isn't on this DJ team anymore. Yeah. It's yeah, like, great, great. Like, Let's thanks, think about it. Let's really think about what this would be. That would be Robert Thomas for Joel Edmondson. That would be the trend. Yeah, I can see. Yeah. It's like, we, you know, Robert Bortuzzo just really misses his buddy Bloodinson. <laughs> Can we please get him back? He's so be upset. The best if, it was, if it was Bortuzzo, I'm pulling those strings. So Listen, stupid. buddy, I've face bashed my way to a Stanley Cup for this team, and now I'm coming for what's mine. <laughs> now I know what I want. Um, and then, of course, they traded Brendan Saad to the Colorado Avalanche for Nikita Zadorov and Anton Lindholm this past Saturday, and it's like five. Not fine, fine, I guess. Zadorov's oh, like what? The, it's going to be even finer when they get Zadorov a fat and unnecessary contract. Yeah, they're like, we have no defensemen. Our defensemen are poop. So I guess you're the guy. I see them money. going to like five by five on him, and I see that being a huge mistake. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I, this only makes sense for the Blackhawks in the sense that they've now traded Sad away, so they then can, of course, bring Sad back in. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, when yeah. We were, you want to guess on the price? I would say Dominic Kubalik and a second, maybe. Hmm. Oh, yeah, Kubalik's gone. Kubalik's the one to leave to get Brendan Sad back. <laughs> Sorry, buddy, we just need you back, baby. Are they, are they going to go out and get Corey Crawford back? Because apparently everyone's pissed off they traded Corey Crawford. Jonathan Taves was blindsided by such news. Corey Crawford was blindsided. Everyone was blindsided. Oh, and so much blindsiding. And that's up, and you know uh, what? I don't blame them for being a little Sandra upset. Bullock. Oh yeah, you know, big lineman. I don't even know what that story is. What is that? She adopts a lineman. I think it's just yeah. I think I think her kid's just an athlete. I think that's the whole story. I adopted a kid. He's an athlete. He's mine now. <laughs> Scene. But see, I'm white, and he's from a different culture, and now we're a family. Just, you know, I mean, it's. I'm sure it's a touching. Story. I'm sure it's great. It's a true story. <laughs> Sandra Bullock really sure, did that. I'm sure. <laughs> that's a documentary. That's a, that's how I understand true stories to be. Her son. Her son is. Her son is Orlando Pace. <laughs> and. <laughs> This is why I saw you know, all those Rams games back in the day. <laughs> like, what's that speed lady doing here? <laughs> you remember one point she was just the speed lady? I mean, I bet pretty quickly she was not the speed lady, but you know, for a good year there. <laughs> for a little while. For, for a little bit. while, there was like that one guy who's who is a surfer bro from Bill and Ted, and there's the speed lady. Yeah. I feel like there's so many people. Um, the the lady that plays Lily for AT and T, Moana Vanger, where I'm like, you're an actor, sorta, but you're basically just Lily, though. Right? You know, like, <laughs> I could call you that on the street, yeah. 
<laughs> Moana's pretty much a mouthful, but it's like, you know what I'm talking about, where it's like, you are un- almost unfortunately famous for this one thing. And I'm sure it pays her very well. I'm sure she's extraordinarily well compensated to be Lily, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, man, that's just got a shelf life, it feels like, you know? Basically, yeah. what I'm saying is that I think Sandra Bullock is washed up. <laughs> she did star in uh, Speed 2 Cruise Control. There you go. And if that doesn't Nobody kill your career, nothing that. will. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. She's um, only queer, folks. I can't, I, I can't blame these guys for actually being upset that Corey Crawford got moved out. Because, like, that's your buddy. That's the guy that, that helped win you guys the Cups. Or the last two, at least. And it's like, I get it. And they talked about this on the Steve Dangle podcast. It's like, I think... I think Stan Bowman or whoever has to figure out what this team is because it's either like you're going to try and keep reloading to make this team relevant while you, your stars are still your stars um, or you or you cash in and say, I don't think we're going to be able to do it with these guys. And it's going to like hamstring this team in the long run if we just keep trying to put like, you know, decent players that will cost us money and picks and future players, you know, younger guys to keep our window open, screw it. We're trading some of our stars, just start the rebuild now. And um, I don't I don't even know if trading, you know, a Kane or a Taves or a, a Keith is like necessarily the right move. Maybe you should just keep trying to reload as long as you have these guys. They're not uh-huh. Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin because I think that's what's talked about all the time, uh, especially with what's been going on recently with the Penguins is like, Man, this team sucks, but it's like, yeah, but as long as they have those two, you got to keep trying. Um, <laughs> so they're not necessarily that, but it's also like, I don't know if you trade Jonathan Taves and get fair value back. You know, I'd like, yeah, you, you could, but it's just like, maybe you just hold on to these guys. But then you also, if so, that's on Bowman, like that's a Bowman thing. But if you are Jonathan Taves or whatever, don't be, st- you know, this reeks of like Shane Doan shit where it's like, what do you mean? We're what do you mean we're not gonna win the cup this year? And it's like, you know what I mean, dummy. Like, I'm sorry, that blows me away. That like hurts my brain. I hate it because that dude's so I get he's competitive, but it just rubs me the wrong way where he's like, I don't get it. You don't think we can win? It's like, no, I don't. <laughs> I like it's just hey, you are very good. For he's very good. Patrick Kane is still a star. But it's like that Duncan Keith's fine at this age, honestly, quite good for this age. But it's like, that's kind of what you have. You've got some young guys. You Like we've talked about, you've got guys that can score. You have no defense from your forwards or your, your UD core. It's like, I don't know what team you're looking at, Jonathan. Like, if you want to stay here and you want to compete, that's your right. And that is what we're going to try and do every year. But if you're blown away by the fact that we're not very good, I don't know what to tell you other than look at your contract or what, you know, what do you want me to do? I have a little sympathy for Stan. Yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, I think in general, I kind of get it. It's like, he is kind of between a rock and a hard place where it's like, he's not going to trade Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taves, you know? I mean, if, if he does that, it's the end of an era And if they're ending the era, you know, the ownership might as well end the Bowman era too, you know? And so like, he's kind of destined 
bound to those guys a little bit. You they know? talked about that too on the Steve Daniel podcast. I think it was Chris Johnson again was saying like he, if there's going to be any sort of roster movement, like big roster movement, like one of their stars is gone. He's like, he thinks it's not even going to be Stan Bowman making that decision. He goes, I think Stan Bowman probably is gone before those guys are gone. And honestly, uh-huh. that might, that, that seems right to me too. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree with it. The, I, it, I don't specifically get the Crawford thing so much just because I feel like their goaltending that they have behind it, that they're going to go with like Malcolm Subban and somebody is so bad that like I can't justify them letting Crawford walk mm-hmm. uh, other than the, the injury stuff, you know, but like in general – I think it's, I mean, the, the whole, the whole problem started, this entire problem started when they decided to throw a bitch fit and demand that Brandon Todd come back and they lost, you know, a future heart caliber player, not even a future, pretty much then heart caliber player mm-hmm. uh, because they wanted their pal back. You know, they wanted, basically they wanted their teddy bear in bed and their mom said, okay, but you can't have the nightlight anymore, you know, because you got to be a big girl in some capacity, um, you know, and, and that's, that's what happened. And, you know, it's been a downward spiral ever since then, because, you know, Brandon Sog came back. He wasn't the player that he was before, not really a surprise. Uh, and even if he had been the player he was before, he wasn't going to be our semi freaking Sinaran. You know, and, and it's just, you know, you lose guys like Jalmerson and um, uh, Trevor Daly and, you know, I mean, Bufflin a, a long time ago. But, like, you lose those guys that sort of don't seem like big pieces until they're gone, you know? Um, sort of that Pat Maroon, Joel Edmondson thing where it's like, oh, yeah, they were just here, but it's like, no, they were actually important. Um, and now they're a shell of themselves and and i think with those goaltenders if they're really serious about going forward with with that group blackhawks pretty good chance of being uh among the very worst teams in hockey this year and good news is i i don't think it's a particularly great draft if they do win the first overall pick so you know that's uh we got that going for so sorry blackhawks um oh Yeah, I, I almost not, not do pity bad. them in a weird way. Because it's just like, ah, oh, you know, I'd hate to be stuck in hell. It's <laughs> one thing to be bad and think you're rebuilding. It's another thing to be bad and just stuck there, you know? I feel bad, too, because it's like the only – they've had so so much bad in their past that I feel like you get you get some good finally, and then as you start to sink again, it's almost like PTSD of like, oh, my God, are we going back there? I don't want to be uh-huh. back there and it's like no no no, we'll be all right but it's like i don't know you don't know that was last time we couldn't watch these games on tv for god's sakes um a winner with a question mark because i looked at some <laughs> online and people said they were winners and i guess i had three quarters of the way agree but the montreal canadians um i like their moves overall i think trading for and signing edmondson trading for an extending Jake Allen this past week uh, with that extension, signing, signing Tyler Toffoli, who admittedly it's for, I guess, like what I would consider a little too much money or for maybe a little too long, like 4.25 million for like uh-huh. four years, I think. And um, 
but again, it's it's weird because there's a lot of UF or there's a lot of um, yeah UFA like good signings, like good deals out there this year, which is a lot that has to do with the flat cap and COVID and everything. Tyler Toffoli stood out as like what would be like a normal kind of like overpay. And even then, not really. It's just an overpay compared to everyone else being like such a steal because I really do think Toffoli in like a regular uh, summer probably gets like, I don't know, closer to six, quite honestly. Like there's some team out there. It wouldn't have been Montreal, but there's some team that's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what we need. Um but I think that's still a good gift for them, especially as they're kind of thinning out and forward up there, at least on the wing. And then I even like the Domi for Anderson trade just because they got some value, a really good value for Domi. And it looked like Domi, for whatever reason, him and Claude Julian, the head coach, really didn't see eye to eye. And so it seems like Domi was sort of on his way out anyways. So I think with that being the case, getting Anderson for him is like a really good pickup. But giving Anderson, Josh Anderson, the quote-unquote power forward, who, I mean, I don't know if I've really watched him that much, but I don't I don't see that in him. But, I mean, that's supposedly what everyone else sees, so I guess that's what he is. Um, seven years for $5.5 million per year, and it's just like, geez, Louise. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. This is like this a very is... Milan Lucic-looking thing. Oh, um, that hit a little too real. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, man, like, I don't know. I don't know about Marv Bergevin. Like, I, people say, well, stopped out and he's made all these good moves. And it's like, yeah, but they're not a good team. So has he made good moves? You know, like, I don't, I'm not fooled by the fact that they got past the unmotivated penguins and played a kind of good series against the Flyers where they still convincingly lost in six games. You know, like, I don't know. It's, they seem like a team I haven't seen nearly, I haven't really seen at all any of kind of cap space weaponization this summer, which I really, or this fall, which I really expected to see a lot. And the only way that Montreal has weaponized their abundant cap space uh, seems to be by signing people for too much money, you know? And like, I don't think that Josh Anderson signing is, horrendous but i think it was pretty universally thought of as like whoa what are you doing there you know and uh the jake allen edition is like you know great for us i think he's a really solid backup for carrie price but to be spending 15 million dollars on your goalkeeping in a flat cap era is like all right bros you know you got i mean you've got carrie price taken care of and i i do sort of see an argument for like you know, I, th- I think uh, I think Dangles crew talked about this a little bit too back in the day. Not that you know, not that we got to shout them out every time, but like, kind of, what is that team's identity? Well, that team's identity is clearly Carey Price. So, like, even though Jake Allen is not Carey Price, you're like strengthening your identity by letting Carey Price play less in a way. Um, so I get that, but like, it just seems to me like some really strange moves there really a lot of money being thrown around and not like i'm not convinced they're a better team now i guess yeah i guess i i guess they are i mean i guess with edmondson to foley allen and uh anderson it's pretty hard to argue that they're a better team uh but are they a dramatically better team are they you know i've heard people say well they're better than the boston bruins or the toronto maple leafs now and i'm like are they are they really i don't know about that you know, oh. um, 
<laughs> are you disagreeing with me or are you just yeah yeah it's like head? i don't know i don't even have we can talk about uh the maple leafs actually on here in a sec because i want to talk about them a little bit um but yeah I, despite me being a little down on the maple leafs even i'm like this is not a better team than that and boston eh, it could push but it's just like they're i agree they're a better team overall but it's like i don't I think it has more to do to me with their young guys stepping up and what they can prove like in Suzuki and Kakanyemi and stuff um, versus, versus say like, Hey, is, is Josh Anderson going to be the guy or whatever? It's like, eh, I don't really, mm-hmm. you know, sure. He'll be fine. But it's like, I need to see some from their young stars. Um, and who do they even, like, I guess they have Weber. Didn't they, do they add, I guess they added Edmondson. They had anyone else on defense. Did they sign somebody? Was it Petrie? Did they just sign more Petrie? I think they maybe did. I'll look it up. Is that the guy I'm thinking of? Is that the man? Is that the, the right defenseman? They do have Jeff Petrie, yes. Okay, I gotcha. I get him mixed up with some other defenseman that like is a nobody, but like but kicked around in this league for a while. And I always think like, is that the one? Oh, I think he's still in the league. I get Petrie mixed up with Pitlick all the time. Ah. I can see that. But a little bit. Hey. Did extend Jeff Petrie six point two five million, and that's that. I would say is justified. Mm-hmm. Um, Joel Edmondson for three point five million, less justified. <laughs> uh, they needed someone over there. Whoa! When did that happen? <laughs> they extended Jake Allen. Yeah, that's what I said on here. God, I didn't hear that. I'm sorry. I guess I zoned out. Um, okay. Well. Congratulations. Jake Allen is now your backup. Uh, Never. That's weird. Okay. Sorry. I apologize that I missed that. No, you're good. It's they've they've really solidified their, their goaltending situation. I mean, Jake Allen for 2.87 for the next two years after this, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, why you're doing that again with an $11 million guy, harder to know, but here we are. You are what you eat. Um, loser, Florida <laughs> Panthers. They ain't shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> poor Florida. I just, all I could think of was the fact that Hoffman and Dadnov are like sort of the second string or after Hall. And they're like, where are they going to go? Where are they going to go? And at no point has it ever been like, Florida will resign them. So I was like, oh, so sad. Uh, Barkov and Huberto are like their only. There are only offensive powerhouses down there right now. And this is from a team that did decent scoring, but really needed, I think they were like 28 or something and like goals against and uh-huh. just so bad. I mean, some of that too is, uh, is their overpaid goaltender, but um, it's just like, I don't, I didn't see them do anything to be better. And that's, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I mean- it was, it was weird after some of their acquisitions the year prior when it seemed like, oh, Florida might be in the up and up, even with Joel Quinville hiring and with the, the with the, what can't his name, Brofsky signing. And they got, um, who was that? Some other guy off of, uh, off of Boston, Achari, and just like a couple different moves. And you're like, okay, this, this seems interesting. And it just, it did not work out this year. And now they're doubling down on just losing guys. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Barry, GM Barry Zito, that's not his real name, but something Zito, Brian Zito, <laughs> Billy Zito. I think Barry Zito's close. I believe Frank it. Zappa, I don't know, something with a C. Uh, but 
um, you know, they've talked about like he's he's really doing a rebuild project down there and pretty much will trade anybody that's not um, Alex Barkov. And like, I get it, I guess, but like, man, it just, that's a team who made its bet with Sergei Bobrovsky, and I will be, I will be fully transparent. I thought that was an overpriced but smart signing for them at the time. I just thought they were a team that was one goalie away from being good, and why not go get, you know, the best goalie to hit the free agent market in a long time? And I'm not convinced that Bobrovsky is fully washed, but they can't be good without him being good and. Last year, he was not close to good. So, um, you know, without Hoffman and Dadunov, they've ter- certainly taken a step back. I don't know that they've really added anything to compensate for that loss. Um, they've got some good young forwards who could step into a more prominent role. But, like, yeah, I mean, it's it's all about Borowski down there right now. And if, if he can rake the ship a little bit, then they can maybe be relevant. But otherwise, I think they're sort of – they are what they are. Where would you say the Maple Leafs fall into all of this? Because, like, I can't really say – I can't say they're losers. I think they're generally winners, but it's one of those things where I think they've now um, convinced themselves that they're such winners. I'm like, no, what, you are losers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the Maple Leafs made a lot of moves to me uh, that stunk of not really having a plan. Uh you know, Wayne Simmons and Joe Thornton to Toronto are both feel good stories, but I don't think they actually improve the team at all. Um, yeah, I saw like Sid Sixera or somebody tweeting about like I'm I don't like everyone, you know, bad mouthing Joe Thornton. Like he's he I forget he won this medal and that medal and he went to the Stanley Cup in 2016 and this that and the other thing and it was all about past accomplishments. And I was like, yeah, dude, that's when he was young and he was still you know pretty good. And we can't, yeah, we can't take those things away from him, but yeah, we can, we're not like personally bashing him, but yeah, we can bash the signing in Although the sense that he's old because he's kind of a shithead, but he's yeah. also thousand. I'm like, I don't and, know. I don't know what you expect out of him other than leadership. And I do think it speaks to, I saw another tweet too. That was like, I just like roasting Toronto, but it was just like, Hey, what does this say that you need to bring in Wayne Simmons and Joe Thornton and some of these other guys that are like thought of as leaders and locker room leaders to toughen up this team. And you have captain John Tavares who's like, just like a wet blanket. Is that what that is? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I was going to say. Um, before you mentioned the six year six, I can't pronounce it. The Sid tweet <laughs> is these, how long do those dudes need? How many rounds of maturing? do those young forwards need? And why is John Tavares not leading the fight in any of that? Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, I, I didn't want, I really didn't want them to get Alex Petrangelo. I really didn't want them to get Alex Petrangelo, but the gap to me between Alex Petrangelo and TJ Brody is, roughly equivalent to me between the gap to the gap between like the international space station and a Ford Taurus, you know, like (laughs) they both go to a place and you can be inside of them. And that's, that's the gap. That's, that's where the similarities end, you know, like I just, 
that's not that doesn't solve their defense at all to me. That's their defense is still a, a big weakness. Their forwards are not as much of a strength as they should be because I, I don't think they have the depth. They, you know, if they had the holes in the lineup for Jason's, like Jason Spezza, Wayne Simmons, and Joe Thornton are all washed, and that's a solid fourth of your forward core now. You know, like you got to find you got to find regular minutes for all three of those guys now. I think Nick Robertson is a brilliant young forward, and obviously they've got the firepower up front, but. I just don't see how that's a team that's any closer to a cup. And I think they made some commitments that will preclude them from getting closer to a cup in the future, you know, by giving Brody a longer contract and, and some things like that. I just, I wouldn't call them losers. I mean, I think they were specific about what they wanted and, and moved in that direction, but I just don't think they moved there convincingly enough for me. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe they're good, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I don't know if I rambled a little too long on that. But. No, I mean, I agree. I think it's like you win and that you helped your team a little bit, but also I don't, at the same time, maybe, maybe it's not helping your team. Maybe it's pushing guys around that don't need to be pushed around the lineup. And you're thinking that, yeah, just the weird experience of these guys will do it. I guess it's, yeah, I don't know. It seemed, it seemed like a lot of moves and a lot of talk. And at the end of the day, it's, it's not that much. Yeah. Are there any teams yeah, you missed? Just... Is there any, any signings, any trades that I can think of through a team, a winner or loser bracket? I'm trying to think of any. Vancouver uh, lost a lot of people. They lost Markstrom. They lost Stetcher. They lost Tanev. They lost to Foley. Um, they signed Braden Holpe. I think that's a good backup signing, but it's sort of like they didn't get OEL. They got Nate Schmidt for like a third round pick. So that's kind of neat. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I think that's good for them. But overall, it just feels like, man, you had a fun, you had a fun little run there last year. Um, and I know you kind of need to shed some salary too, because you got, I, I forget, this Besser is already signed, but you've got Quinn or um, was it Quinn Hughes? Quinn Hughes, and you've got, um, Elias Patterson to sign coming up here, but it's like, I don't know. I feel like they took a step back with all their, all their losses. It feels like a lot to lose, especially like Mark Strip. I know they're going with uh, Thatcher Demko and everything, but it just feels like, man, that sucks. That that was kind of your guy there. Um, and Thatcher Demko is supposed to be very good, but it's just like, you don't really, it's kind of like the blues. You just don't really know what you have there uh, now that you've lost so many people. Yeah. Vancouver. Um, it's just a weird, I don't know. I guess they're good, right? I mean, yeah, right. That's I what I mean. I'm like, hey, <laughs> that's the other team I could think of that did like a lot or didn't do a lot or lost a lot. I mean, I you like, expect okay. Quinn Hughes to take a step forward and Patterson and Besser um, continue to progress. They've got young players. Um, that Russian guy's not coming over for them yet, right? Like Corson or whatever. You know, at some point you just <laughs> say so. sounds. Um, but they might have that Swedish Swedish guy Niels Niels Hoglander who scored the uh, Michigan style goal. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I think they're in a healthy place. Um, but man, what a yeah, like you said, like just so many unknowns there. Um, 
that you don't really know. I don't know. <laughs> you don't exactly know what's to come of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Louis Erickson, just two years left on that $6 million season deal. So, you know, got that going for him. <laughs> Michael Furman's up there. Yeah. Was he up there this season? He was like I believe part so, yeah. of that playoff team that beat us. Now, what if Frankenstein? Did he play? I don't know if he played then. Maybe not. Brock Best and Bro Horvat, JT Miller, Brandon Sutter, fine. Tanner Pearson, fine. Michael Furlan, fine. Finn Berchi, Antoine Roussel, Jay Beagle, Tyler Mott, Blues Killer Tyler Mott, mm-hmm. Elias Pedersen for free, Zach McEwen, Jake Bertanen, and Eric or Adam Gaudat. Like, what a weird, what a just a weird group. Um, and now Braden Holtby and Thatcher Demko, like, fine. I th- I do. I actually want to credit them for the Braden Holtby side uh, because I feel like Thatcher Demko, I think, is going to be your number one, and I think he should be, and I do think Braden Holtby's a little washed, but that's at least like a real goalie that you got that can, A, compete with Demko and keep him on his toes, B, mentor Demko, um, and C, just be there if, in case the Demko plan fails you know, and, and be a real goalie. So I think that was a smart signing. They didn't overpay for him. It's just two years. So I would give them credit for that. But on the whole, I still don't know what that team is. And I don't know that I'm going to be any more certain at the end of this season. They've done nothing for me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I, despite them beating the Blues, I was actually very intrigued by that team. And I still am. And I, part of me is kind of rooting for them. So it made me kind of be kind of sad to see them sort of I don't know if they say step back but just add a more question marks to their team I was like all right we'll we'll see what you guys are it's kind of a competitive um, division these days with the Oilers being slightly better um, you've got Vegas over there you, I suppose you have some bottom of the barrel teams over in California but it's sort of like you kind of have to kind of take your take your uh, shot while you can and you have some some mega teams in in Vegas and Colorado kind of stepping in front of you and they feel very much like they could be the blues of pretty much every other year, except for the cup win where it's like, ah, oh, the blues are so good, but there's these other teams that are amazing. So sorry. <laughs> yeah. That seems pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. All right. Do we want to talk new divisions, possible new it. divisions? Let's, let's touch on it real quickly. Let's do it. <laughs> So yeah, so there was a tweet by someone, I can't remember who it was, but they were they were quoting Bill Foley, uh, owner of the Vegas Golden Knights. And he basically said something along the lines of like, yeah, we traded Nate Schmidt to, to Vancouver and that is in division, you know, that's a division rival, but hey, we don't really care that much because they'll be in the Canadian division this year or this season. And that was kind of the end of it as far as the tweet went and the person just had a lot of question marks at the end, like, hmm. And uh, so he may have let slip uh, that the NHL is planning to make a temporary change to the four divisions for next season in order to work around the closed borders between the United States and Canada. Uh, the plan is reportedly, or at least rumored that it would be a fully Canadian division as one of the 14 or one of the four divisions with all seven teams around that country playing in that one singular division. And uh, this is all a result of the NHL needing to create a season without a bubble. There's not going to be another bubble season. Uh, just It's just not feasible, both money-wise and like even just player-wise. player, player wise. And being able to organize all that, I don't think players would want to do it. I don't think staff would want to have it that way. So it looks like we're just going to try and minimize travel uh, by sort of 
reorienting the division so that they're a lot closer in terms of uh, travel and minimizing like being in the air and maybe getting a lot more bus travel done, things like that. So the league needs fans in the arena. They're trying to do that somehow. I've heard a couple of different things where they might be trying to sort of like start with minimal fans or no fans and maybe ramp it up as time goes on. Cause while, while the uh, vaccine and stuff like that has not been as quick as people would have liked for COVID, it also seems like, you know, the hockey season is a pretty long one, even if they try and condense as much as they can. So who knows if something comes along mid hockey season, I'm sure they would love to be able to get fans in there in some capacity. So with that being said, um, I pulled these, I pulled this list of what these four possible divisions would be off of a lightning, uh, a lightning website, Tampa Bay lightning website. And I only pulled them off there because these were the ones that actually looked like what I had seen people reporting. That's like just a rumor of what the divisions would be. So you have four divisions. We have the Canadian division, like we talked about already, which would be the, you know, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, and Vancouver. The Pacific division, which would yeah, be... Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you're aware. Those are all teams... Oh, they're, they're very far away. Canada's a big country. Yeah, that, that part is miserable. I mean, no way a Canadian team enjoys that. Yeah, it's I was like, that's... that's like the ratings, a, probably, but... Mm-hmm. It's like a three-hour difference between uh, Montreal and Vancouver. So you could be starting game at, you know, seven in, in uh, Montreal and it's four in Vancouver in the afternoon or you start one in Vancouver at seven and it's 10 at night. And I'm sure they would try and do some adjusting to, you know, play, play in Vancouver a little bit earlier, play in Montreal um, a little bit later and stuff like that uh-huh. to try and get some of the get some of the overlap for TV viewership and people that are still awake, but it's going to be, it's going to be hard. That would be very hard, but again, it's, it's border control and it's them not wanting to have to constantly have people quarantine and things like that. So that might be the way it goes. It'd be kind of fun. I think it'd, it'd renew a lot of Canadian, Canadian rivalries. Uh, that'd just be, that'd be a death match of a division just because I think they would all just hate each other so much. Yeah. You have, yeah, you have a Pacific division um, that looks very similar of the Pacific Division currently with a few Central Division teams added. So obviously the Pacific Division now, you lose Calgary and Edmonton and Vancouver because they are now in this new Canadian Division. So you have the Pacific Division, you have Anaheim, Los Angeles, San Jose, Arizona, Vegas, but then you would add in uh, from the Central, Colorado, Minnesota, and Dallas. They're all a little more further Good to the rid- West. What's that? Good, Good riddance. riddance. I don't want Colorado in my division. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, throw Colorado, man, throw Colorado, Vegas. Colorado Colorado. and Dallas, baby. Get out of here. All yeah, one was, you, got, you can have Minnesota play Dallas more often. I think they really will get that, get that rivalry going again. You've got, you've got your, I mean, if you're Colorado, this is fantastic in the sense that sure you're with Vegas and Dallas is a little bit of a contender as well, but Minnesota, Arizona, San Jose, LA, Anaheim, these are just punching bags, man. It's going to be a huge gap in this division. Those would be the haves and the have-nots. The haves and the have-nots. The haves. We already dealt with them. Yeah. Um, Uh, Do you ever think about how the Cotton Bowl Winter Classic was this year? Oh, yeah. I think a lot about how this season started. The season that just ended, like, whatever, a month ago. Uh, less than that even uh started, started a year a ago. ago yeah <laughs> a year ago yeah oh geez, louise 
Let's see. You have the Metro division, which again, very similar to the Metro as it is now with Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, uh, the Rangers, Islanders, and the Devils and the Capitals. But then you would move in to this division, the Boston Bruins and the Buffalo Sabres. So you, so I think for the Metro, that's a wash. You get a, you get a very good team in Boston and you get a crappy team in Buffalo. <laughs> it's like nothing new for the Metro. I think the Central <laughs> is honestly the one other, other than obviously the Canadian division, which is crazy. The Central is the one that I think takes the most changes to it. You can still have the Blues would be there, Nashville, Chicago. And then right off the bat, those are what? One, two, three, four. Those are the only three from the Central that are still there. Um, because uh-huh. you lost Winnipeg to Canada and you lost those other three to the Pacific. You now have Detroit and Columbus back in the Central, which is dope. I think that's awesome. That Who in Columbus? A Detroit. Who? Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Detroit. <laughs> is that how they say it? Is that even how they say it? Oh. No, that's how freaky De- Canadian freaks Detroit. 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 And and Mario Lemieux. Oh, Mario. Oh, Sammy and Mads. It's bad enough when it's in reference to Lemieux, but when they say Super Mario Brothers, I want to can't like, kill myself. I always like there to. Lo- there are a lot of bridges around St. Augustinian, and I want to jump <laughs> off every one of them. It's like, have you ever seen like a YouTube clip or anything before of someone else saying Mario? Like, do you not know <laughs> that the way that you're saying it is wrong? Um, you're not aware. <laughs> Along with Detroit and Columbus in the Central, you get Carolina, Florida, and the Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, I think this would be a really fun division. I think, you, again, yeah. you get Detroit to beat up on, which you love. You'd love to see. Columbus is competitive. Carolina is competitive. Florida, again, you can beat up on Florida. But Tampa Bay, now you got a new you got a new uh, top dog, baby. You Out uh-huh. with the avalanche and with Big the Lightning. Big dog, baby. Um, I, uh, I'd be down for this division. Getting Columbus and... Detroit back uh, just feels right. The old central. Yeah. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, having those Florida teams, obviously not ideal to bring in the reigning Stanley Cup champions, but having back-to-back Stanley Cup champs, same division, can be interesting. I hope this, uh, I've seen some worse proposals than this. Um, You know, uh, I forget exactly uh, what but like it was more of a like in Boston ended up in our division somehow too and um, something like that and I, th- I think this proposal is the best one of the ones I've seen and I think it's pretty believable you know I think kind of groups um, groups the teams as as well as you can without just having completely uneven divisions you know mm-hmm. um, oh yeah I saw a lot of penis shapes drawn on the uh, North America on Twitter recently where I'm like, what? You're like looping in the avalanche so they can beat up on who? Boston? I'm like, okay. The Vaz Deferens. That's who they're beating up on. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I think uh, I think it's pretty likely. I think I don't think it's necessarily a permanent change, although they could use it as a as an excuse to kind of shuffle the division and playoff standings anyway, which people some people are not a fan of. But um, yeah, I mean, I think for what it's for what it's worth, it's pretty likely to happen. And if it does, great. And then I'll I want hockey back, so whatever it takes, you know. Mm-hmm. I know that's the thing. It's like if this is 
this is what they're gonna do for a little while. And if it just informs future divisions or how they want to form things, that's cool. I don't really care. It's just as, like you said, as long as we, as long as we can get hockey back. And I think as, as, uh, as much as we've talked about safety being paramount, if there's some way to safely get fans back in the building, I think that'd be amazing. I think that's a huge draw, even for just people on TV, like, Oh my God, we can actually see fans. It feels a little more like it normally would. Uh, again, that seems like that's something that's probably going to happen sort of later into the season, if, if at all. Mm-hmm. But I think that'd be, that'd be a huge win for, for any pro sport. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think we're moving in that direction. You know, the World Series is supposed to have some fans. And, um, you know, it sounds like maybe a vaccine's relatively close. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's still a kind of a waiting game, and you hope for the best. And obviously, safety is most important. But I cannot wait for hockey with real fans in the same, you know, instead of pretend fans or Florida fans, which are the same thing. Dagger. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be fun. I can't wait for this season. Um, I don't know when it's going to get here. You know, I've heard. Obviously, Batman mentioned the January 1st target. I've heard, you know, kind of word on the street Twitter reporting saying, well, players are getting later reports from that. You know, they're being told mm-hmm. to start training camp, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I don't know who to believe. I don't know why Batman would have come out and made that announcement if he hadn't intended on at least trying to keep it, you know, but I guess you just have to wait and see and, um, you know, hope for the best. We've got football right now. Um, after football, it's going to be weak. It's going to be pretty bad. Um, so I hope it's, I hope hockey's back soon. But when it will be, then maybe we can sort of see a return to normal. Maybe they can press the season and try to get the playoffs in. You know, obviously the offseason probably a little later, but they can just sort of try and jumpstart the schedule back to normal and we can be good. I don't know. But mm-hmm. um Anything else we need to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, no, I think um, moving forward, though, some of these episodes coming up, I think we're going to be looking at you know, a couple different things to do. We've got Misery Index to talk about. We've got um, the, uh, what am I thinking of? The Prospect Pyramid. I don't oh, want to call it, yeah. I don't want to call it like the, the trapezoid. Oh. Um, yeah, we got a couple things mm-hmm. stuck in because, yeah, there will be some trickling in of different different signings for different teams and stuff, but you want to be able to, we want to be able to bring the content to the people. Oh, the hot and spicy content, Ian. Hot Mm -hmm. and spicy. Um, Yeah, I love the Prospect Pyramid. Uh, Misery Index was a new one last year, but I think that's a a fun one, and there should be some some real changes, I think, because... You know, savers can't be near the top. I guess they still can be, but they've got Taylor Hall now. So you can't be that miserable. Nah, 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 nah. Uh, so yeah, that's gonna be fun. I love those, I love those episodes. They're fun. They give you a real like specific thing to talk about uh in those kind of doldrum months and and we'll see. Um oh, one thing we didn't mention about the blues, it's just more of a technicality than anything, but Jake Neighbors signed his entry-level contract uh this season obviously that doesn't trigger um until he joins the team officially which he presumably won't do we'll go back to the 
um, Edmonton Oil Kings of the WHL this year, but just something to mention because uh, it happened. Alexi Lafreniere and, and Quentin Byfield also signed their ELCs this week, so I guess they're not so different, those three players, you know? <laughs> stop to think about it. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like we got the third overall pick. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Pretty much the same thing, I would say. Um, Tim Stutzla, be forgotten. Uh, who did get injured, sadly, but I think it's, uh, you know, he'll be back for the regular. It's season. even sadder when they do it, like, working out. It's like there wasn't even a game. It was like, oh, yeah. just was pumping too much iron. Oh, man, I'm too ripped. Nine ninety nine thousand. That's right. Exactly like that. How did uh, buff and German Buffeldorf? <laughs> you got it, man. You nailed it. Uh, anything else before we get out? Before we go? No, I just hope it warms up soon. I'm waiting for summer. <laughs> oh, baby, it's almost here. Come on down to St. Augustine, Ian. We got a uh, number. We got a uh, food. You know, there's food here. We got food. So, this is a city. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, it's a city. So yeah, until we uh, talk again, might might be early uh, the following week, um, depending on how schedules shake out. Probably will be. Uh, we'll get you bonus episode, uh, something episode, one misery index, something like that. Uh, but you know, it's all fun. It's all fun and games. If you have topics you want us to talk about. Um, Go ahead and say it. We will ignore you, but go ahead and say it. You know? <laughs> Scream into the void. Yeah, exactly. Uh, always feel free to subscribe to and review the podcast on Apple uh, Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Have we had any review recently, Ian? Um, let me let me check real quick. I don't I don't think we I, have. I think I'm here. I think I'm here. Let's see if let's see. Let me see if you too could be have your review read. Oh, baby. Uh, we got some this week and they are negative. <laughs> <laughs> On Tuesday, uh, <laughs> somebody wrote, KSE Blues wrote, garbage. It's funny when people have a hockey podcast, they think that makes them a hockey expert. If you want a blues podcast, this isn't it. If you're coming here for booze talk, you're a putz. Well, you know, I don't think either of us have ever claimed to be experts. Um, but, you know, seems like a, a weird way to go out of your way to do that on a podcast forum. But I appreciate his opinion. Hey, I'm here Your for thoughts, it. That's, Ian? that's weird that it was out of order. I was like, no, I'm seeing this one from, uh, not, okay. Mr. Sunpunch, punch the sun out of the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, if you want to go uh, contravent Keishi Blues's uh, awful review and prove <laughs> that you too are a putz, uh, please feel free. Please Look, feel we're free all, to we're prove. all putzes. You can, here's the thing about podcast reviews again. You can only type them with your fingers if you are corporeal. So that's if true. You want to prove that you're corporeal and use the body heat uh, associated <laughs> with your fingertips. That you should have. <laughs> that, you, that you would. Well, I suppose you could be corporeal and cold blooded, but let's assume for the moment. Uh, you know, if you want to prove, prove uh, KFC Blues wrong, 
uh, we're not going to stop here. We might read your uh, podcast review the next time we think about this, which could be a week from now or it could be seven. I, I wanted so, to be. I wanted to be saying. I just want a new review that says I agree with KSE Blues. <laughs> but, a, it's five stars, but you know, I like how his his review. Some of these other reviews say excellent podcast, good conversation. The only hockey podcast you, I'm assuming, you need. Tune in, turn on, and drop in, and then this other one. His review just says podcast. Oh baby, it's podcast all the way. That, I like that review though. We had great and excellent podcast, but I like that this review is just podcast. <laughs> yeah, you know, we are that, and we are putzes. <laughs> I would not. I would not dispute a word of his of his review. Really, I mean, I've never claimed to be an expert. Um, and what I would quibble with is he says, "If you want a blues podcast, this is net. This is a blues podcast." You know. So, I mean, if you want one, know. this is it. This is all. <laughs> That's right. There are others. This might not be a good one. But this is a blues podcast, you know? I have to stress you, that we are getting better. We are trying. <laughs> we're trying so hard. If you want a popsicle and you pull a great popsicle, that's probably not the popsicle you wanted, but it is a popsicle, you know? <laughs> you can't be like pitching a fit because it's not exactly the popsicle you dream of. It's a popsicle. Nobody wants the grape. We get it, but it's still a popsicle. I like to think of this as like a business where you like deliver something to someone that's not what they want. Like you can't be pitching a fit. Yeah, no, 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 no. Can't, uh, can't throw, throw your uh, hands and feet in the air and scream, you know, punch the sun right out of the sky. Can't do it. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, it's been fun again. It has been. Uh, 1226 here in St. Augustine, Florida. And uh, we are brought to you by St. Augustine, the city that never sleeps because it's been dead for 200 years. Uh, <laughs> in Florida, the nation's oldest city and maybe the most boring. Um, no, it's actually a cool place. Come check it out if you're ever in the area. I don't know what I'm saying, Ian. We've been talking too long. Do you have anything else to say? I have no words. Okay. All right. Well, you know, as they say in St. Augustine, um, Goodbye, because you know they speak English. (laughs) Supposedly. uh, Really, really not a mysterious thing. But thanks for tuning in. Uh, You may all be putzes, but you're our putzes. And we'll talk to you real soon. (laughs) Good night, putzes. on the splinters. So-